So happy MLK weekend, everybody. Tomorrow would have been the 95th birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the Christian martyr who gave his life to pursuing righteousness and justice in this country. Fueled by the gospel of Jesus Christ, nourished by the prayers, hymnody, and community of his church, Dr. King was able to stand forward and to stand strong in the face of such tremendous opposition, such a model for each and every one of us in our own lives today. It seems so self-evident what he stood for and was trying to show people that all people are created equal, all people made in the image of God, that all God's children of every color and class deserve opportunity, rights, and protection in this life. And yet, as we know, in fact, if not always in name, some of those same evils of his day continue to persist in ours. Racism continues on. Wealth corrupts. We are quicker to divide than to unify. That, you, that equality that he held up the vision for is so difficult to attain. It's so much easier to put the people that get in our way in the place of lesser than. So much easier not to care. So much easier just to stay with our own than to do the work to change ourselves and change our structures so that all people can be free. But that freedom and that work towards freedom is our call as Christians, and not just our call, but really the demand that the gospel places on us. We are called to freedom. The thing with freedom, though, is it's really quite hard to live with. We Americans love our slogans about freedom, the land of the free, the home of the brave. But to really live in true freedom and protect it for others, that demands that we grow up. And we don't really like doing that. Now, there's a lot in our scriptures today that speaks to this growing up that our faith requires of us. That story at the beginning of the young prophet Samuel called by God to speak hard truth to his mentor, his father figure, Eli. There's the psalm that reminds us how intimately God knows us, has known us since before our birth, and is knowing us and raising us up into maturity. There's the gospel that shows how Jesus knew Nathaniel and calls him out of his cynicism to follow on his way. And then there's the epistle, that marvelous reading we had today from Paul. Because Paul writes to the people of Corinth these two magic words, shun fornication. 
See, now you're paying attention to the preacher, aren't you? <laughs> Not too hard to see what Paul is going on about in this letter, right? He is writing to the Corinthian church, to a group of people who are on fire for Jesus. They have received the good news of the gospel. They have formed together in a worshiping community. They're experiencing all kinds of spiritual gifts. They're prophesying. They're speaking in tongues. They really think they've got it. But they've kind of run off in all the wrong directions. And so in this letter, Paul is reminding them of a few very basic things. That they need to share their food with one another, that they need to stop mistreating the poorer members of the community, and that they need to think a bit before they go jumping in the sack with just anybody. Developmentally, this community is, I don't know, 13, 14 years old, something like that. <laughs> They're one moment an adult. They're experiencing all kinds of profound spiritual gifts and wisdom. And the next, they're just a thoughtless child in need of reprimanding, and apparently they're full of hormones all through everywhere. So Paul loves them, it's clear, but they also exasperate him. So Paul has to have the talk with them, right? Time to talk about sex. So apparently the Corinthians had decided that since they were saved, and they were set free spiritually, they could do whatever they wanted with their bodies. So in several chapters worth of writing, Paul addresses this issue. Now, it must be said, probably a lot of Christianity's negative issues around sex come from this letter and from these parts of Paul's writings, and Paul himself does seem to have some issues with this. He proudly states he's a celibate, he wishes everybody else could be celibate, but he understands not everybody can do that. <laughs> but anyway, that's his issue. But, the, but let's just focus on the larger mis message. So the part that we heard, Paul quotes these slogans that the Corinthians perhaps are using, and then he argues against them. All things are lawful for me. Yes, that doesn't mean that you just get to do anything you want. Food is meant for the stomach. No, sex isn't just another physical need like food. You have a right to make your own choices, he says. You are an adult. This is not about a set of rules to follow, but there's a responsibility that comes with that adulthood to consider how what you do affects you and the community around you. What you do with your body does matter because God sanctifies you as a whole person, not as a spirit that's disembodied from your incarnate self. And what you do in the community matters because you're not an atom separate from everybody around you. So he's got this vision he's giving them of this total coherence and congruence. Every one of us coherent in ourselves and connected with one another as a body. Whatever we choose to do, sexually or otherwise, bears with it the effect that it will have on our own selves and 
on others around us. And Paul is saying, when you sleep with somebody else, you are putting yourself into that person's control. And if you are set free by God and living fully into the freedom of who God has made you to be, you need to think about what that is doing and the results, of course, of what might happen. When you are free, Paul says, why would you want to enslave yourself again? See, it's worth going to church, right? Because you get to hear stuff like this from the pulpit every so often. <laughs> but as much as we could keep talking on and on about sex, Paul is talking about more than, I think, just that. He's not speaking the way we sometimes hear this stuff, as a parent to a child, giving strictures and laws and rules that we can sort of get mad about and not follow, or follow if we choose to be good. He's speaking to the Corinthians, and he's speaking to us as adults. He's telling us we have to think, and that we need to be seeking to live our lives with integrity. To become a real adult means aiming for that coherence in our lives, to seek in every way to bring all of our actions and our thoughts and our behaviors into congruence with who we believe we are called to be. Our decisions, whether they be sexual or financial or political, they all must be in congruence with our faith or at least we should be trying to get there. Not because there's a rule that says so, not because some preacher told you to do it, but because our focus on relationship with God and true freedom calls us to that kind of love and integrity. And sometimes, maybe even often, Seeking that total integrity in our lives means making some very hard decisions. Decisions that go against the world around us or even perhaps to our own apparent self-interest. The stories, again, we heard today, that young boy, Samuel, who hears this terrible message that he's supposed to convey to the one who is his protector, his father figure. No wonder he lies there awake all night, not willing to get up and go deliver this message, but he has to grow up in this story and speak the word he's been given to speak. Just like Dr. King, given this word, given this burden, this responsibility, had to step forward he was asked to lead that bus boycott. It was just one thing, but it would have been safer if he didn't say yes, right? If he had stayed with his small pastoring church job. But he was asked by his community that needed a leader, and he was impelled by what was happening in his own spirit, this sense of growing justice. He couldn't just play it safe and still live with integrity. He had to act, and thank God he did.
And the supreme example of this, of course, is Jesus, the fullest human being ever to live, who lived his life in absolute integrity, despite the cost. And he set free people around him so that they also could live in that way, setting them free from their sickness, setting them free from death, setting them free from the unworthiness that society around them had placed upon them or that they themselves felt in their heart, setting them free from their cynicism like Nathaniel today. Jesus wants to set us free, free to be who we are called to be by God, beloved, grown-up children, free at last from everything that enslaves us and dominates us in this world. And when we are set free, Paul would ask us, why would we want to live otherwise? Well, why? Because we're afraid, like Samuel was before Eli urged him to speak. Because we're cynical, like Nathaniel, ah, nothing good can come out of that. Because we're foolish and full of ourselves, like the people in Corinth. Because of a whole host of reasons, we just can't seem to accept and live into what we've been told over and over again, that we are loved as we are, that we are free, that we are made in God's image in a whole room full, a whole planet full of people also made in God's image. It's hard to live this way, but our world demands it of us. Our own hearts demand it of us. We can't just play it safe and stay home and stick with our own kind, ride along on the bandwagon. We have to do that hard work of listening to God's voice speaking to us in the night. We have to follow after Jesus and see what he's up to because God does whisper in our hearts. Jesus stirs something up in us. We are spoken to in the voice of others around us who say, I think you might need to do this differently. Some of us might be called to big, heroic lives like Dr. King. More of us are probably called to smaller, more everyday actions of integrity that add up to things that change the world. Because God is always about raising us up, getting us grown into the full stature of Christ, as we say in our baptism service. Human beings fully alive, the glory of God. We were made to be free. So be set free.
by the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. It's never too late to start growing up. Grow into what you are called to be. Shine with the radiance of Christ's glory. And may we and may all the world be free. Amen.